I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. <laughs> Smashpot. For more than 20 years, scientists have known that a swarm of killer bees has been headed towards the United States. Now, Warner Brothers presents Irwin Allen's The Swarm. We have visual contact. Identify a black mass here. A moving black mass. We have been invaded by an enemy far more lethal than any human force. Starring Michael Caine, Catherine Ross, Richard Widmark, Richard Chamberlain, Olivia de Havilland, Ben Johnson, Lee Grant, Jose Ferrer, Patty Duke Aston, Slim Pickens, Bradford Dillman, Fred McMurray, and Henry Fonda. A story of courage sacrifice. God sake, Crane, when are we going to stop this massacre? Irwin Allen's The Swarm. It is more than speculation. It is a prediction. The Swarm is coming. Hello and welcome to Smirsh Pod 2, The Kane Scrutiny a podcast celebrating the vast oeuvre of Michael Caine, the highs, the lows, and everything in the middle. This truly is the podcast where you're only supposed to have a good time. This week we will be hiding the honey, hallucinating like crazy, and running for our lives in delightful pantsuits. Yes, it's the swarm, and joining me to try and form a hive mind is comedy legend Roland Riveron, who can be found on Twitter as at Roland Riveron. Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm gorgeous, if you, you look closely. You are. Yes. Resplendent, I'd I mean, say. it's worth a look, it really is. If you see me in the street, please just approach me and say, can I have a good look? Yeah. I will show you. It's there, isn't it? It's isn't there it? to be seen. It's the face. Yeah. It's um, beautiful. Oh, bless you. Yeah. Okay. So we is that in the... lieu of payment now, what you've just said? It is. Right. It is. I didn't get to buy you a drink either. I feel you awful. Didn't. No, that's very bad. It's because I was late. I'm sorry. That's Okay. But The Swarm. The Swarm. You picked this one. I did. So you can't blame me. I know. I remember um, the first time I came across The Swarm, I didn't actually come across the film. I came across um, people talking about how bad it was. (laughs) And I seem to, for some reason, I can remember um, somebody saying, the bees are coming. The bees are coming. Mm. Um, Quick hide. Uh, 
and it was it was in the cinemas for a relatively short time it wasn't i was unable to see it and but it's always been there in the back of my mind for some reason it hailed as the worst film that michael kane was in yeah and also the most preposterous film some of the dialogue is um quite um outrageous mm. to be frank it is isn't it yeah I'd say it's probably his worst film. Well, I mean, the the reality is he doesn't really do that much in it. No. Uh, he spends the first, easily the first half an hour, with his hands behind his back, just standing, listening to other people talking. Yes. And and then when he does issue his lines, it's as if you've sat in on um, a table read of the script. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely flat, no emotion no. in his voice whatsoever. It's just like he's reading it for the first time and, you know, like I say, you, everyone's around a table and they're reading their parts. They're not throwing themselves into it. No. I mean, then it was... The, I mean, it's a two-and-a-half-hour film, so bearing in mind, about an hour in, he gets annoyed. Yeah. And then, then we see a bit of fire in, in Michael Caine's eyes. Not that... He's remotely expressive with his eyes. No. When he's annoyed, it's just like he doesn't, his facial, his, his face doesn't change. He's just, his voice gets louder and people get scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quite a menacing trick, I think, to be exactly as you are yeah. when you're calm, but completely losing it. Mm. You know, there's no flared nostrils. He's, you know, most people's faces contort yes. when they're really annoyed. His doesn't. Because he's famously doesn't blink. No. So the eyes are doing no work in this film. No, there's, yeah. there's no expression. Even there's a, a little, a little um, scintilla of uh, love interest a mm. bit later on. Yeah. And even then, you know, the sort of the watery, sort of c- cigar smoked eyes that he acquired in later life, they're not there in his in his younger films. What's this? Seventy six. Yeah. So how so- old would he have been? 78, I think, actually. 78, yes. Yes, yeah, so I don't know. He started it in 76. It is two and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess he's in his 40s here, isn't he? Or late 30s, 40s? Oh, late 30s. He's mid-80s now, isn't he's he? He's got a little pot belly. There's one scene where he's taken his um, safari jacket off mm. and he's got the, the roll neck, nylon roll neck, quite tight, long sleeve sweater. And you can just see a little pot belly there, which is quite nice. He has got a like, nice little pantsuit. At the beginning, yeah. with elbow pads. That's it. Well, he's a he's a professor, isn't he? Of course. So you know, if you're in any doubt as to who each character is in this film, the bees look just like bees. <laughs> the general is covered in sort of medals, uh, medals and stuff, and all the professors have got um, uh, leather pads on their elbows. But he's not smoking a pipe. He's not smoking a pipe. No, there's no smoking in it, apart from yeah. the trying to smoke out. In fact, that's what they should have used. Bees don't don't they get soporific when you when you people that have beehives? Yeah, you just spray that white stuff. Yeah, they never and, consulted a beekeeper in this film. Did they not? No. What? That's the first place I'd go. Who wrote it? Uh, you know who wrote yes. it. Yes, and his that name was a trick Shakespeare. question. Yeah, uh, Sterling Sillyfant. No, no, he was the screenplay. He oh wrote yeah, the screenplay. What a great name, Sterling Sillyfant. <laughs> I'll say it again, just so you can write it down. Sterling, as in Moss, Sillyfant. Which sounds like a, a silly elephant. Yeah, it sounds like a, a cartoon elephant mm. that I'm going to franchise. Yeah, it's a children's book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sterling Sillyfant and the Missing S- Tree. Sterling Sillyfant, the screenwriter. Yes. <laughs> elephant. Wasn't it Irvin Herzog who wrote it? Herzog, the yeah. third. Mm, the third. Irvin, yeah. The other two died during the production. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, it's, I mean... <laughs> Would one sit down and read it as a book? I'm not sure. 
because the film is festooned with set piece special effects, mm. um, which is mentioned in in one of the v- reviews. It says um, an incredible train crash. That's yes. what I read before I saw the film. So yeah. I, I was looking forward to this. Mm. And then I could see that the bees, they basically, I, people don't know the story. There's these African bees. They're killer bees. They're not, I thought they'd been impregnated with, you know, like Spider-Man yeah. touched a nuclear spider. Mm. I thought these were like um, similar bees that yeah. had, had some special. Genetically modified. Yeah, but they weren't. No. Apparently, they're just ordinary African bees that now I'm going to be quite scared of. Mm my weekly trips to Africa. Yes. I'm going to be looking out for that. Yeah. But um, big swarm of bees start killing people. You can't, they can't kill them. They try. Poor old, um, oh, this is the other thing. Poor old Michael Caine, who goes in the film by the name of Bradford Crane. Yeah. Crane? Caine? Yeah. Is it, I mean, what's going on there? I don't know. It doesn't work in that respect, does it? No. Why don't you just call him Michael Caine? Stephen B., Stephen B. Yeah. Um, and I, I tell you, not much, doesn't come out of it much better. Henry Fonda. Yeah. He's called Mr. Grimm or something like Krim. that. Crim. Crim. Yeah. What, where do they get these names? I don't know. Well, Sterling Sillifant. Sterling Sillifant. He's, like, he's, he's got a chip on his shoulder about the Sillifant <laughs> and he's not letting anyone else get away with a decent name. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least Henry Fonda gets to sit down throughout the entire film. He does, in a wheelchair that squeaks at the beginning. Yeah. Um, he's... he's Michael Caine, bless him, lifts him out of a helicopter and puts him in the wheelchair. And then they're wheeling the wheelchair along. And you just hear... Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And I thought, blimey, they've put that in. They've put that sound effect in just so we know it's Henry Fonda in a wheelchair. Yeah. You know, because the other thing, if you watch the film back and please sit through two hours, 30 minutes of it, you watch the film back. I just became obsessed with the um, the footprint, the footsteps that had been added on afterwards, mm. wherever they went, yeah. be it in the desert, be it in the street, be it you know on carpet, you just heard. Yeah, everyone had to be sort of registered with their own footprints. They were obsessed with it in those days. What were they called? Those people that do Foley. It? Foley. Yeah. <clears throat> See, he's got a good name. Yeah. Um, but what a job having to sit there and, and put all those footprints in. Even, but you know, on carpet, you don't. No, no one hears the. No. no one hears the foot. On carpet, no one hears you scream. No, no. But or, it starts off with an army base that's been attacked by bees. Well, yeah, attacked by bees because we. Uh, this is not a spoiler because the alarm in the army base is exactly the same frequency as the queen bee mating. That's right. So the bees swarm. So they're going. We're going to have some of that. Yeah. So they go, and then, yeah, I mean, the, the, the opening scene is just this um, whole bunch of guys in sort of um, Thunderbird clothes. Hazmat suits. Yeah, it's got a weird sort of space 1999 it feel. very much has, Hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, they're um, all, well, they've all got suits on. Some of them have got pistols and machine guns, and I'm thinking, can you shoot a bee? They've got pistols, machine guns, and flamethrowers. Hmm. I think they're covering all eventualities. Yeah. Maybe the guy with the gun is a really good shot. I'm thinking that. Yeah. Or in a swarm of bees, he's going to clip one. <laughs> Is that an acceptable amount of bees to kill, though? One. Yeah. Well, you can say, you know, I've helped. <laughs> but um, no, the opening scenes <clears throat> look like something straight out of um, Space 1999. Yes. Or um, I thought, you know, Thunderbirds, where mm. they've got the modelling. The models in it 
actually. That reminds me. We have the, cra- the train crash, which is pretty spectacular. There's that train crash they mentioned. Yeah, they yeah. mentioned the train crash. So I was looking out for the train crash. I watched the train crash, and the tr- train crash is a fantastic model yeah. of a train mm. that sort of they filmed it and all slowed it down to make it look real. Yeah. Very impressive. Mm. But not as impressive as the two helicopters that crash early on when they get um, besotted with bees and um a cloud of bees a cloud of bees or whatever a, a group of bees a swarm it's I a swarm but he says it's a cloud of bees does he yeah going at seven miles an hour seven miles an hour yeah. not 700 he no, says yeah. seven be warned this yeah. this menace be isn't warned. coming at 700 they wanted it to be uh as a, a, a ufo didn't they yeah they were thinking oh great this is it finally mm. we can first stop, contact know, first contact we've got it but no it's a bunch of bees a bunch of bees if only steven spurgo had done that at the end of close encounters yeah Exactly. Richard Dreyfus goes and gets in some bees. Yeah, or puts his BU kit on and <laughs> goes out squirting his white powder. Um, <clears throat> no, the two helicopters that crash, I was very impressed with that. I love yeah. the modelling of it. Mm. That was um, that was very impressive because they don't want to crash real helicopters. No. Because that's mad. Expensive. Um, yeah. I, quite an expensive film yes. you know, when you look at it. Uh, but way too expensive for real Helicopters, so the model ones look fantastic. Couldn't see any wires. Maybe they were remote controlled. I don't know, but they sort of flew and crashed in one take, and it looked it looked pretty good. And the pilot says, "Oh my God, bees, bees, millions of bees." Oh my God, bees, bees, millions of bees. Air search two eight to base. Bees, millions of bees. Yeah. It's almost the beginning of a, a a kids' show song, isn't it? It is, yeah. Bees, bees, millions, millions of bees. Ba- Welcome to the stage, Sterling Sillyfoot. <laughs> In bees, bees, millions of bees. Yeah. And, and and also the premise of the film. It's like this is really sort of archetypal English person, Michael Caine. And he's just in amongst all these Americans. Yeah. And they've... they've done it down in the south so it's a bit more hickey and you know simpletons and and weird sort of rednecky yes. area of of america and it's just in, it, immediately the americans don't like the english guy and the english guys just persevering with the the american general who's, who's saying let's just nuke them all and mm. and 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 what seeing Michael Caine being passionate about insects is quite odd. It is because he's always he's that's not never his role, is it? Doesn't strike me as an insect man. No, but he but he uh, I would like to say he pulls it off, but he doesn't really touch it. No, he doesn't. No, he's it's there's absolutely no expression in his face. It's quite amazing. But he emerges out of the of a door in the base. Yeah, and says I'm an entomologist. Yeah, and uh, bees have done this. Yeah, and as you say, no one believes him. No, exactly. But he did an advanced study. Did he? Yeah, he says, I did an advanced study and that lots of bees have blotted out the sun and he's followed them to this base. And uh, he wants, and he says, he starts making demands. He says, I want Arthur Connors, yeah. who's the doctor from the White House. Right. And uh, he says he's got uh, some uh, stuff in his van which will help the men that have been stricken. That's right. Cause it's the, basically homebrew. Yeah. 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 Cooch or cooch or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, he... It's a very strange beginning because it's a, a high, highly sort of security military base that he's wandering about in, and he's a civilian. And the, when the general comes in, he's, you know, understandably a bit vexed. Mm. Um, what are you doing here as a civilian? And he says, "I'm, I'm going to save you all." And that's the other thing; he doesn't. No, you know, it's just like it's. He won't let the general. Um, just get the pesticide spray no. and just kill a few other insects. Yeah. 
and then stop the crops growing for 10 years. No, mm. you won't let them do that. No, it'll just put some little tiny white plastic things out. Pellets. Pellets. And, yeah. and the bees aren't eating the pellets, he no. says. No, they're too clever. Yeah. And and so that's failed. And eventually, the, you know, the general says, right, we're going to we're gonna do what I said, which we should have done, you know, two weeks ago when we started filming this film. Mm-hmm. And and even that doesn't work because the bees have they've they've cottoned on they've worked too, out too clever yeah but we also see a family get attacked by bees that is quite that's pretty gruesome uh, and and could be upsetting mm. uh, for the child it was well it, exactly there's there's a, a mum and dad and like a twelve year old kid mm. having a picnic and then one bee arrives don't worry and then a couple of bees were a bit worried and then the swarm yeah and then he just he legs it it's like you know mm. look after number one yeah. The kid. I wonder where he is today, because he'll be a fully grown actor, probably. Oh, I don't know. On heroin, face down in his own sick. <laughs> um, and they they get attacked by the big swarm, yeah. and and the, the little kid says, "Right, I'm not having this." So he runs off and he locks himself in the car, yeah, and watches mum and dad just become, you know, completely consumed, perish, perish by. Yeah. But they only needed six stings, I think, or three stings. Three was stings, yeah. We three find stings that out. Was enough. I mean, if you were stung three times in one go, anyway, that would be. I'd have to sit down. But don't bees die after they sting? You'd have thought, wouldn't you? That I, was, I, I, I got stung by a bee once and it died. Did it? Maybe it's because I'm a super-powered person, I don't know. No, I, I've heard that. Wasps can re-sting. Yes. Bees, it's their last line of um, defence. Defense. Yeah. It's like, I've tried everything else, like flying away, <laughs> and that's not worth, but, but not working because I'm only going seven miles an hour mm. and the bloke's bloody caught up with me. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and yeah, one sting... Le- they leave the little, the little stinger, st- stinger in you, and their guts. I think when they fly off, their guts attach to the stinger. That's what's going to kill them. Yeah, yeah. You can't leave them behind. No. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> no. I got stung when I was a very, very small child. Um, um, I was licking a lolly. I was yeah. about three or four. Yeah. With a lolly and a, a wasp or a bee landed on the lolly, and I was sort of looking over that way. I was looking one way, and the lolly was the other way, hmm. and and just. Whopped it into my mouth, and the bee stung me right at the top oh, of my um, air pipe, and I, I very nearly died. Didn't because I'm here. Yes, but that was a bit close. You know, they were a bit worried. Not that worried, I don't think, because I was one of three. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd have had some sort of allergy, though, that would have been the end of you, wouldn't it? Well, <clears throat> we would have found out. Of course, you we wouldn't be here found- now. No, I'd be talking to nobody. We would have found out then, and you know, my two brothers would have thought, "Oh, maybe I've got the allergy now," because you know, youngest one's gone. Yeah, so they'd, they'd be careful. But no, bees—they're um, bees are quite. I thought when they showed the close-up of them, they looked like wasps. They did. Didn't they, they didn't look like the bumbly, the you know, sting. Um, a bee stripy stripy t-shirt jumper, yeah. sting that used to wear because he was called sting yeah and that was like yellow they are yellow and black aren't they yes and these maybe because these are african bees though they're, well they're not african bees my friend they're the african killer bee you're right sorry i'm sorry i've made a terrible error yeah but the bees using this film i read had all been de-stinged had they How yeah did they do that i think they just get them and take their stinger out without but taking their guts Maybe I reckon they, they use wasps. You reckon? Yeah, they sounded like wasps. They sounded annoyed. Oh yeah. The bumblebee's got a nice lilt to its 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 hum. That's because he's British. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, he's uh, the, uh, yeah the, the American uh, the African killer, killer bees. Bee, yeah. uh, I've I've got a bit of a yeah. 
they've got they've got a, a chip on their shoulder or something yeah and they're not happy no <clears throat> they're not a happy bee um but i was very impressed with a lot of scenes there's a lot of scenes where people are c- covered in bees and you could actually see they are actually covered in bees, bees even yeah. that little kid when his family gets mm. attacked early on they're lying there and there are bees on or wasps or something they're actually on them they're, they haven't been cgi because i don't think that inv- that was invented no, then no, yeah. <clears throat> so they were using real bees it's quite a big thing in the late 70s early 80s people covered in bees was it i remember on telly when i was little there were forever people with bee beards yeah that, as a novelty yeah people would go on like blue peter with a bee beard yeah they used to, what they do is I think they put the, they put a small cage on them with the queen bee in it, yeah, and all the bees flock to her and cover the person. But don't sting. But don't sting. Maybe you might get yeah. one or two. Maybe they've been dealt the powder. Maybe. And they're just all a bit sleepy and soporific. Probably that's probably what it is. Yeah, but a bee beard does look impressive. Fetching. None of them. None of them fashioned themselves into beards around any of these dead people. No. Lot of lot of body bags as well. Yeah. That, they were very popular in the film. Very. And and the death count, blimey, it yeah. just soared initially, two hundred and seventy three. Yeah. And then the the last count I noted, thirty six thousand four hundred and twenty two, <laughs> dead. That's such a beautifully specific number, isn't it? Yeah. Not just like thirty six thousand. No. No. Four hundred and twenty two. <laughs> and all the information, all this information on film, is delivered via banks of um, uh, whirly. old whirly tapes. computers, tapes spinning round really quickly, yeah. and then sort of ticker taped across a screen. Mm. Really early days, basic stuff. Yes. You'd have thought they'd, but I suppose it, it wasn't in the future, it was the present, was and the that must have been. Lots of, whenever they went into one of these uh, military bunkers, just just um, walls of flashing lights going on and off. Yeah. Not doing anything. Which might attract the bees. Might attract the bees, but yeah. makes it look technical. Oh, yeah. When, yeah. In, when in fact it isn't. We know we're dealing with science. Yeah. But yeah. then we meet a general who looks like Liberace via a video link. Yeah. And he says, Michael Caine is a genuine doctor. He's in charge now. Yeah. And Caine says, what kind of authority do I have? And he says, you have the, um, you know. Ultimate. Ultimate authority. Yeah. And yeah. I think that goes to his head. Do you reckon? Yeah, after that he gets really bolshy, doesn't he? Well, he starts he starts making requirements, doesn't he? He starts yeah. ordering things. He wants crim. Yeah. He says, get me crim, mm. leggy crim, yeah. straight away. <laughs> leggy crim. <laughs> Um, which is Henry Fonda in Code. Uh, and he, it's a brilliant acting scene where he takes the, he takes the, he injects himself with the bee sting. Yeah. <clears throat> and then injects himself with the serum that he's created mm. to um, thwart the bee sting. And it kills him. Well, oh, not initially. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Heart rate goes up to 160. I'm, mm. He's sweating. Mm. Huge, great big glistering cobs he's sweating. Yeah. Not real sweat. No. Then. And then he, he takes, he injects himself with the uh, the antidote, and it's, his heart comes down, and it's all like fine. It's like oh great, oh this is good, mm. brilliant. And then Waldo, it's just it goes up again, the roof. and it and it he to- and he, he's gone. It's mild success then. Yeah, but it was like sort of unrelenting death toll. Everyone, people are just dropping dead left, right, and centre, yeah. and nobody seemed that bothered. Well, I nearly died of boredom watching it, <laughs> so I would have been another victim. No, I got what I the, the well, I quite enjoyed watching it, but I was keeping one eye on the time, thinking, "All oh, right, this, we've got half an hour left, and it's mm. nowhere near. They haven't resolved yeah. it. What's yeah. going to happen?" They actually resolve it in the last five minutes. Yep, 
So we were there for hours, two hours 25. And then somebody thinks, let's use the same pitch sonic vibration as the queen bee having it off. Mm. You know, I would have gone to that. I would have gone to that before the 3,000, 36,422 people died. Yeah. You know, I'd have put my foot down and said, come on, guys. Well, I think they had a a fixed idea in mind of creating some sort of serum rather than dealing with the bees. Yeah. They're almost like saying, look, the bees are here to stay. Let's just get a serum. Let's just live with them. Mm. Yeah. They didn't try talking to them, did they? No. Or or trying to break them up, you know, into little swarmettes. Mm. So they're they're not nearly as dangerous. Mm. But um, travelling at seven miles an hour as well, you could keep checking where they are, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Just get in a car and drive off. Yeah. They do that at one point. Talking about special effects, as we were a little minute ago, Mm. um, I was very impressed as well. Not only the helicopter and the train um, crash, but a lot of people running around on fire mm. towards the end. They, they're they just mad for that. Again, another big thing in the late 70s, early 80s, fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, people being they'd, on fire. Loved it. They'd worked out a way of getting a bodysuit that you could wear, and yep. they'd worked out, I think, that gel that they spread on them yep. was really low heat volume, wasn't yes. it? So you could actually... You could run around mm. pretending that you're in Only trouble. Only for a tiny period, though, and then someone had to run on and extinguish you. Oh, yeah. yeah. But but for much longer than you did before. You I couldn't think... stay for a week on fire. No, no. no you could go to work. Wanna. You wouldn't no. want to. No, but you could sort of be on fire <clears throat> for like 20 seconds, mm. whereas before you could be on fire for like six. Yes. So it meant that somebody could run from the distance towards you on fire. Yeah. And you're thinking, bloody hell... They're burning. I did a TV show once called um, the uh, Saturday Zoo. Yes, with Jonathan Ross, and uh, I was I was Doctor Scrote on that, I think, <laughs> or somebody similar. And I had this idea for um, hair removal, where you just set fire to yourself. <laughs> so we had this thing where we these special effects people turned up and mm. they wrapped my arm in this asbestos thing and all that and then they put made it look like a proper arm and it, it made it look like I was just setting fire to my hairs on my arm yeah. and it went whoosh but that was only good for about I, I could only withstand about 12 15 seconds mm-hmm. before the heat you really felt it on your skin come through almost immediately wow. that was quite dangerous how did it feel hot yeah funnily enough yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it worked it looked good uh but they, you do, you sort of, there's somebody just off screen counting because they know at five seconds it's going to get warm, at eight seconds you're going to really feel it, and then at 12 you're going to want me to put you out. Hmm. And then you just hope that the guy does, he's not taking a call or something. Or gone to the toilet. Yeah, he's gone to the toilet and he's supposed to be putting me out and he's not. Could you have not run it under a tap? Um, I, it was in a, quite a large studio. It had oh, been yeah. a long run and I would have been on fire. So I would have been like one of these guys in the swamp, yeah. just running down corridors on fire. But so well, you weren't being chased by bees, though, so that was good. No, I wasn't being chased by bees. But the guys that were on fire became on fire because they had the flamethrowers and then the bees got inside this big um, tower block, big skyscraper, and the, the flamethrower guys were outside killing the bees. You thought, yeah, that's good, common sense. Yeah. But then they were inside. They walked into the building yeah. with the flamethrowers and they're setting fire to shrubs and the carpet and the polystyrene tiles. Yeah. You know, that was like a mad thing to do. Yeah. I didn't really... I didn't see the logic in that. Well, this is what Michael Caine's raining against. The, the army didn't have logic. They weren't scientists. No. They were just like, let's just go in and and kill them. 
Probably an, an allegory for Vietnam. Yeah. And then there's another point where um, Michael Caine goes, who'd have thought bees would be the first alien force to invade America? I love that line. <laughs> We've been fighting a losing battle against the insects for 15 years. But I never thought I'd see the final face-off in my lifetime. And I never dreamed that it would turn out to be the bees. They've always been our friends. He also says something amazing at the beginning as well when he says um, about the men he wants to use. Yeah. He says, tell them the war I've always talked about yeah. has finally started. The file contains the names, addresses and telephone numbers of everyone I want flown in. Just tell them the war that I've always talked about has finally started. Yeah. So he spent years saying bees are going to kill us all. Yeah, he had it. He, he knew that something was brewing. Hmm. With the, the African killer bee. And it said it's just only a matter of time. Because I think I, I watched a trailer and it said something. The trailer was a, a, alluded to that in as much as it said, um, it's not speculation, it's inevitability. Yes. It's like, you know, it's it, it will happen one day. It's like the so, greenhouse effect. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Well, try and get Michael Caine out of retirement to act as a professor who's going to solve that. Yeah. And you're going to you're going to come unstuck. You can't use flamethrowers against that. No. That'd be the worst thing to do. Yeah, or or pellets. Yeah. We dropped some pellets on the greenhouse effect. Yeah. Nothing happened. Nothing's happening. But I wonder, do, do we know whether Michael Caine was happy in the film? I mean, I think he talks of it quite dismissively. Yeah, I think he. I think he's probably another one of those ones where he'll just say the money was good. Yeah. Because I imagine the money was good because it's Irwin Allen. Yeah. He of Towering Inferno. So. Well, they, they they didn't skimp on the, any no. expense, did they? No. <clears throat> I mean, he was Michael Caine was on um, Graham Norton the other night. Yeah. Talking about this film, mm. and there is a scene where he and um, <clears throat> Henry Fonda and another guy are in this sealed off room where they, where the, all the bees are. They're dressed like Stig. They're, yeah, yeah, Stig. Yeah, they've got the protective stuff on, and Michael Caine's just told this story he said he was he was in this film called the swarm and he was in a room with henry fonda and all these bees and there was mm. all these little black spots on them and he said all these bees are shitting on us <laughs> but i didn't i don't know as bees do that no i don't know about that they must I, defecate surely yeah but noticeably so yeah i don't know i've never seen a, a bee turd no on the pavement yeah we might have stepped on hundreds of them i bet we have yeah It'd be like a honey poo, wouldn't it? It would. Probably quite tasty. Yeah. Oh, now we're going down a horrible road. We are, aren't we? We're getting yeah. to niche pornography. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that, the other interesting thing that uh, Michael Caine noted, mm. or, as his character, um, Bradford. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or name Brad. Off, I suppose off. he got commuted to Brad. It must be Brad, which, yeah. again, is a very un-Michael Caine name. Yeah. Michael Bradford Crane, not... Bradford Kane, it's mm. just why'd they do that? Smash Bond. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Smashpot. He says that the bees are um, breaking up plastic cups. That's right. They're, they're chewing the plastic. They're most, he, he tells us that uh, your average bee's got a very weak jaw. Mm. And. Um, can barely can barely um, chew on a grape, he says. Yes. But then these the African killer mm. um, is is quite happily tearing up plastic cups to make uh, a hive out of plastic, which would be sort of impenetrable. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't though, would it? No, because you just you just bash it, wouldn't you? Drive a car through it. Yeah, or hit it with a stick. <laughs> you hit most things with a stick; they break, well, especially bees. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had a swarm of bees? Have you ever seen a swarm of bees? Uh, I've not seen a swarm of bees. I got attacked by a load of wasps once. Hmm. I was where I was filming a set of six, and I was the farmer, hmm. Giles Scrote, and we were out in a field, but we were we were filming on this farm, and we were just by you know a, a fence and a bit of hedge, and the makeup lady was spraying my hair with a hairspray so it's set in the right thing yeah and she overdid it and these bees got wind of this and they just went bonkers for it it's sweet smelling yeah they just they were in the hair i could Mm. hear them it was horrible oh yeah so i have been attacked by wasps yeah but not bees i think they were bees i think they were wasps wasps are bastards though aren't they well you say that but there was a thing on the telly the other day on the radio saying they get bad press because they do, they do, they pollinate just as much as the bee. Do they? Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought they serve no purpose. No, apparently they do. They pollinate. They do really weird hives. Yeah. Bees do like sort of nice looking hives. Almost geom- geometrical ones. Yeah, whereas wasps are really odd looking. Yeah. Yeah, They're we a had bit... a wasp nest in our loft once. It was yeah. really odd. A bit sort of 
bohemian. It looked like, yeah, it looked like something from Alien. Really? Yeah. Good Lord. Well, there you go. I mean, so they've not given them, they've not had good press for a long time, the Wasp. But I think there was somebody on the telly or the radio saying, please, you know, give, give, give a bit of, you know, time for the, for the Wasp over the bee. Cause All we are saying is give Wasps a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Was it yeah. John Lennon? It might have been. Um, but, I mean, they haven't got... See, B is quite a nice, soporific name, isn't it, B? Yeah. Wasp. Just, mm. just, and, and now people are waspy, a waspish yeah. attitude. You Sounds know. like they're going to attack. Yeah. It's, they've, they've, they've built themselves wrong. Mm. But um, no matter. Uh, but then the, the small boy from earlier who was in the car... Yeah. They go and see him in hospital. Oh, hallucinating. He hallucinates a giant bee. And Michael Caine yeah. says to him, there is no bee. Yeah. Paul, Paul, listen to me. There is no bee, no bee in this room. No, there isn't. You are having a nightmare. And it yeah. switches him out of it. I know, he, 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 he pulls him out of his hallucination. But mm. that, was, that was another... There's a moment in uh, Charlie and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original, Yeah. Um, where you see insects... Mm. Suddenly, there's loads of... And that really, when I was a kid, that really scared me. Yeah. That scene, gratuitously horrific. Mm. I, that was like somebody hallucinating in Charlie and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate. Yeah. And a similar thing happened when we saw, superimposed in front of this small boy, a massive, great big close-up of a, a bee or a wasp or an African killer. An African killer, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other confusing thing was, halfway through the film, they drop calling them bees they just call them the Africans Africans which I was really the uncomfortable Africans are with. coming yeah it sounds like Enoch Powell yeah yeah I didn't like that no that was a bit odd you know who should, they should have called instead of the army who the boogie woogie bugle boy from company B ah yeah that's my joke that's good thanks Cause, yeah because you've yeah because uh, you mentioned the word B in that <laughs> and um, and that's very well researched yes <laughs> it's a song you know it is a song yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Manhattan Transfer sang it once. Did they? Yeah, only once. They, Did, you know, <laughs> was it for the Swarm soundtrack? They gave it a shot. Good, good music in the film. Actually, you say that. Yeah, Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah, the man. He knows his onions. He does. Uh, when he's buying onions, when he's recording music, he's really good. Yeah, um, doesn't need the onions for the no. music. No. Uh, but that was that was again. You're watching the film, watching all this really wooden acting. Yeah. But you're listening to really top-notch music. Yes. I would argue as well. There are two bits in this film you could cut out and it wouldn't suffer at all. Right. One being Slim Pickens coming to see his dead son. Yeah, but what a great name! It is a great name, <clears throat> but it doesn't go anywhere in the film, does it? No, I think that's a little dig at. Um, the army Richard and Whitmark. being in the forces, you know, and mm. what, what you've, you know, my son, he says, my son stupidly mm. signed up for your bloody Another Vietnam thing. allegory, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, look what's happened to him. But, you know, a little bit of compassion where he physically lifts up his son in the body bag mm. and just takes him home. To do what? Put I him in the garden? Yeah. He's a rose bush now. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he was... You know, he was upset, and you could see he was upset. It was a good little bit of acting. See, that was you could see expression on his, Slim's face. That's very true. Far from Slim, Slim. Yeah. Um, he had a very expressive face, as did Henry Fonda. But Michael Caine, it's almost like it's a mask he's wearing. 
Mm. And he's only, he's only got a little opening for his lips. Absolutely. And yeah. the rest of him just stays completely... Like Botox. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was an early Botox man. He probably would be. He looks very smooth, his face. does. Mm. Um, yes, but another plot I would cut out would be the school teacher and the two older men trying to seduce her. Yes, the mayor, is it the mayor? The and, mayor and the... the cowboy te- guy. The technical... Um, uh, industry man who's, yes. who's moved recently yeah. into a, into a town that looked remarkably similar to the Back to the Future town, yeah, um, where you've just got a, a, a square green, mm-hmm. and the only buildings in this village in this town are off of this green. Where, it's the universal back lot. I bet they yeah. filmed it in the same one. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, it, awfully familiar. But I, I love the crowd scenes. You know, with people running hysterically and cars driving at speed. That was all quite good. Yeah. I mean, like you say, the set pieces and stuff in this is great. It's just the acting, I think. Mm. It lets it down. And the fact that it's bees. And Yeah, bees. And you can't... They're, they're, they're not, not sexy, are they? No. No. Not the African killer. No. Um, but the talking about the wooden acting, I think the dialogue... And I, we're going to have to point the finger at Sterling Sillyfant here. Mm. Some of the dialogue was truly appalling mm. with John uh, Michael Caine in a car driving and he's just listening to this woman wittering on mm. and then he just goes yeah you're right <laughs> it's like it hasn't gone anywhere it's not been resolved or <laughs> it's very very slow it's almost like they all the guys in that said yeah we'll be in this film but we don't want to learn too many lines yeah can we keep it you know Apart from the general, he can witter on because he's annoyed. But there's a brilliant bit where Michael Caine shouts at him. Yeah. That is the point, general. The honeybee is vital to the environment. Every year in America, they pollinate six billion dollars worth of crops. If you kill the bee, you're going to kill the crop. If you kill the plants, you'll kill the people. No! No, general! There will be no airdrop until we know exactly what we are dropping and where. And how? Excuse me. And it just comes out really... Again, a silly fan. Mm. He says, no, General, no! Yeah. We'll carry... We, we won't uh, use the insecticide thing no. until we find out what they're here for and how and who. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Fucking hell. And it's not... It's. It was a very... And even then, when he was shouting, I've noticed Michael Caine, when he gets annoyed... Mm his head goes to one side and he looks up. Yeah. He's, he's talking like that and then he's really annoyed. Mm. It's like, that, that's his way of, you know, I've got my normal straight ahead conversation face and when I'm annoyed, you'll see my head just loll to one side and I'll look up at you mm. as if that's my aggressive stance. Mm. Much like a dog trying to position itself to go for your throat. Yeah. Which is what they do. Yeah. That's that's their, their dog's heads go to one side because they're trying to get a good stab at your throat with their with their teeth it's probably what he's modeled his performance on and that's why um i was told once that's why women when they laugh they go <laughs> they show their neck because it's a sign of uh, come and get me really yeah yeah it's a there's something about when you show your neck you're saying everything's fine i trust you with with my you having a lunge at my throat with mm. your teeth mm. I'm, but I, look I'm doing that so I've got my head up 
that's a woman's uh, a female way apparently really I, I, I somehow I, I acquired that bit of information and I don't know how but it's there's certain things that stick you know mm. where do I live no idea but I know that <laughs> 35 years ago somebody said when women laugh they throw their head back to expose their very vulnerable neck Richard Chamberlain's in this he is with a big beard beardy beardy yeah. Chamberlain yeah not, not a bee beard. beard no <laughs> An A beard. Wouldn't it be brilliant if there was one person in this with a B beard and no one mentioned it? Yeah, just in the background. Yeah. One of the soldiers running around with a gun. He's just, these are bees I've got from home. <laughs> they're not the killer bees, don't worry. Yeah, don't worry, they're fine. They're just beard bees. <laughs> they're my mates. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's in it and he's he plays a very sort of edgy character. Um, he doesn't come off too well in the film at the end. A, no. lot, a lot of, as I say, you know, the, the, the drop dead count is really is horrendous. They take everybody apart from they Michael Caine and his and his uh, floozy doctor um, Anderson. Yeah. Well, Chamberlain Girlfriend. asks how long it's going to be on for, and Michael Caine says, "We'll be here until we've destroyed the African bee, or it destroys us." Yeah. Yeah. So that's not indeterminate. Not wishing to put too much fear <clears throat> up here. No. It's yeah. Cancel Christmas. Yeah. But um, it's two and a half hours. You see, yeah. that's. If they dropped all that love interest yep. with, with the, the love triangle, with the old teacher, and if, if that had gone, although we see him get on the train and we're thinking, oh, no. Cause, well, I know, because yeah. I'd heard that, that there was a very impressive train wreck yeah. crash. And they're getting on. I'm thinking, how are they going to survive that? Mm. And it's like, no, they don't. Everyone dies. Everyone dies. Yeah. All the children dropping dead. Oh, that's awful, that bit. Yeah. yeah. It's really, it's quite... Tell no, us, don't show it. us. Yeah. yeah. It's like... Would they, would they would that sort of get through the sort of second draft? Do you think? And mm. then we see a load of kids drop dead in the playground. Yeah, I don't think that would, you know, not a film like that. No, where they're trying to get some sort of mass appeal. And also, five minutes later, you got two old men trying to shag the teacher from that school. Yeah, yeah. You think and she'd be a bit like not now? Yeah, and they're and it's like, oh, that was the other thing. They're really running out of time. Mm. This is talk about tension. They're really running out of time. So Michael Caine and his girlfriend, and his would-be girlfriend, this mm. nurse, not a nurse, she's a doctor. Isn't she's she? a doctor, yeah, she, scientist. She's in, the, uh, she's in the force as well. She's yeah, she was air. in the base at the beginning. Yeah, the pair of them head to the headquarters where the, the general is Yeah, because they want to see him because we're running out. Of, they keep saying we're running out of time. Yeah. We're running out of time. They go, they enter the building, mm-hmm. and there's a huge, great big um, uh, uh, moving stairway. And they step on it, and they just stand there and let the stairway. You know, they run. This is it's. They're against time. It, you know, we've only got minutes left, mm. and they wait on the escalator. escalator. Yeah, yeah. They don't sort of keep walking up the escalator because we've only got a few minutes left to live. Mm. No, no. We'll just stand here. <laughs> Richard Chamberlain goes to the nuclear base. Yeah. To warn them. Ah, yeah. The bees are on the way. And there's a weird sort of eccentric French um, restaurateur that yeah. seems to be running. The, the nuclear base mm. that has to explain that, you know, 500 million people and gallons of fresh water depend on me. Yeah. Um, and they said, well, the bees are coming, mate. And they said, no, we'll be fine. And then just as they say that, they look down. And again, there's a load of blokes in space 1999 suits mm. all sort of going, ah, get off me, bees, mm. go mm. away. So the bees are in. And what happens next, I did not see coming. <laughs> Isn't that funny? A real, a real Thunderbirds model mm-hmm. explosion. <laughs> Billions of dollars have been spent to make these nuclear plants safe, fail safe. The odds against anything going wrong are astronomical, Doctor. I appreciate that, Doctor, but let me ask you, 
In all your fail-safe techniques, is there any provision against an attack by killer bees? entire base blows up yeah i mean sorry not base the nuclear power plant yeah the nuclear power plant that blows up um because the bees have got in you what maybe like with the train ah i think this is what happens with the train because the train went the train went out of control because the bees got into the cab yeah where the train driver was Mm. and he fell against a dead man's lever or whatever it's called yeah and the train just went uncontrollably fast Mm. and that's that's why that happened that's fine maybe maybe the bees got the people working in the nuclear base and they fell on the button that, mm. that says don't press this button because mm. it'll all explode yeah they they, they pressed it they pressed it the fools and that's where thirty-seven thousand people die yeah oh that's where the that's where it all went up didn't it the, yeah the death toll they've effectively dropped a nuclear bomb mm. and the bees are all right they come out of that fine yeah, and while this is happening, while we, we while we learn that they that we're down thirty six thousand four hundred and twenty two people, mm. uh, Michael Caine's still trying to woo this woman. Yeah, he's still trying to get in her drawers, mm. uh, and it's a scant regard for the fact that you know thousands and thousands of people are just dropping dead. He's he's just used to the bees. We don't see him run. Oh, we do. He runs. He, there's one scene where he's running to try and get everyone indoors. Oh yeah, yeah. In the, in the uh, Back to the Future town. Mm. Um, we see him running then, but apart from that, he doesn't really get. He doesn't really get. Uh, there's no urgency to no. his face, his acting, or his manner. The little kid dies, though. Yeah, you see, they don't care. He tries to kill the bees and unleashes them. Yeah, and then he just suddenly drops dead later. Well, it's this recurring thing that comes back. Hmm. Um, obviously, based in some sort of real fact, I think hmm. that you can take the serum, you feel a lot better, hmm. but then you get the second wave. Yeah. The second wave is the killer. You're unprepared. You're on the back foot again. And the second wave comes in, and that's when all the visions of the bees in your face happen. Anderson gets a vision of the bee as well. He does. She. She. Yeah. Um, yeah, scr- scratching on the door. Mm. The bee's trying to come in. Yeah. Because you think she's lying in bed, sweating with the glycerin huge cobs. <laughs> and, uh, and then we hear the scratching, and we think... Well, and we're on her quite a lot, and we think, what's that scratching noise? What's going on? And it just goes on for a little bit too long. And you think, come on, guys. Yeah. Resolve the scratching. Yeah. You know, I wanted it to be Michael Caine just actually scratching over in the corner. With his trousers down. Yeah, but it wasn't. Uh, it was a massive great big bee that wanted to come in to her hospital room, mm. but didn't, but it was just scratching on the door. I kept thinking of that. Uh, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, you know, Peter, Peter. Yeah, I thought it might be that. But yeah, it was, it no, was a B. It, it was a B. Or was it? Because it, it was a, a hallucination. hallucination. So it wasn't even there. So no. you can hear in hallucinations as well as see. Have you ever had a hallucination? Um, only, I think, with magic mushrooms a long time ago hmm. uh, on Greenwich Common at about five in the morning. Yeah, I won't do that again. This will get in the papers now. No, just old news now, that. <laughs> That was uh, somebody made a teapot of tea, but it wasn't. It was a teapot of bloody mushrooms. Oh, so, so you were unwitting. Yeah, oh, that uh, won't get in the papers. Uh, no, I drank that and I thought, "Ally, I've got to go outside." What did you see? I can't remember. Oh, okay. It was just all very weird, and because it was, it was at a party, and it, by by five o'clock, you know, you're all knackered and 
uh, wasted. Was it a giant Michael Caine scratching at your door? Yeah. Yeah. The Canes are coming. Um, but yeah, so um, Richard Widmark decides to, that's it, army's in charge now. Yeah. We're going to drop this uh, bee killer. A pest- pesticide that's going to kill all the other little insects that Michael Caine's yeah. got, you know, in love with. And he doesn't want him to do that. No. And he says, look, and there's a lovely phrase, it's, are, are you going to worry about cutting your face shaving when he's trying to cut your head off? Yeah. There was some sort of analogy Something like that, yeah. that the man said, you know, <coughs> what's why, why, why worry about a cut when you're shaving when the bloke's cutting your head off and mm. it's like I see what he's saying you know yeah because you could do both if you're not yeah. careful yeah if, well yeah if you were completely mad <laughs> but the, his, even his, his pesticides don't work you know so everyone gives up the ghost everyone just sits there and then you know this is really dangerous all these people are dead and then the general goes to Michael Caine, have you got any of those um, sunflower seeds? Yeah. I'm going to eat them. What was all that about? I don't know. We should have said at the beginning, Michael Caine, they find a little, he looked like a little leather pencil case. Yeah, a little and it's pouch. it's full of sun, sunflower seeds. That he eats. High and I thought that was going to come into yeah, play Yeah, high in potassium, low in sodium. sodium. Doesn't come back. So I'm thinking, right, they've put that there because what's going to happen is the bees are going to attack Michael Caine and he's going to feel fine because mm. he's been having the sunflower seeds. That's going to be... What that you know, the scene setter, mm. but no, it doesn't go anywhere. They just have a little joke when things are really getting everyone's dropping dead and it's really quite dangerous. Houston's on fire, Houston on fire. Will history blame me or the bees? They had to mm. set fire to Houston to try and stop the bees, yeah. And they just it, the, the, the Widmark and Kane are just sat there eating bloody. Sunflower seeds. I was hoping at the end, what was going to happen is that a sunflower was going to grow out of Michael Caine's arsehole. Right. And all the bees were going to be attracted to it. Yeah. Okay. And he'd have taken one for the team. That would have, that would have, that would have made, that went way over budget though. Yeah, true. Trying to film that yeah. and try and convey the, uh, the trauma <laughs> of a sunflower plant coming out of Michael's bottom. <laughs> uh, he wouldn't, he, I don't think, he wouldn't, he wouldn't get out of that safari suit for a, uh, for that no you're right yeah. it's foolish of me to think yeah. that and that would have tipped the film into three hours which would be oh, madness God. yeah because you'd have to wait sunflowers aren't quick growing are they're they they're not take ages yeah about a year I think you have to sort of stabilise them with bamboo cane as well oh, cane yeah good grief crane cane a crane cane yeah. Um, so yeah so Widmark's plan fails we mentioned but, earlier flame, yeah. flower, flame throwers don't work you'd have thought they would though wouldn't you because you would yeah but anyway they're immune to well, fire and setting fire to Houston yeah. You'd have thought that might have got a few of them. Houston, B have a problem. Yeah. So yeah. I did another joke there. Yeah, that's good. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. It's not, it's not as good as the Boogie Woogie Boogle Boys from Company B, but... Ah, oh, that's it. You've reminded me of yeah. it. Do you want to write it down? <laughs> no, I'll go and listen to it when I get home. <laughs> um, so, yeah, at this point, though, Kane, one of Kane's scientist friends discovers yeah. that the siren at the beginning is why the bees were there yeah. it was the sound as you mentioned earlier that the queen bee makes yeah exactly the same so they then put it in, a, in the sea no is it a lake a lake yeah with oil all over it yeah they, they've got speakers on little flotation devices that's right yeah they've covered the lake with oil they've got the speakers with the uh, emitting the same frequency because they don't hear no they, they actually inform us that bees aren't good listeners no no they won't listen to you. No. Uh, but they will they can feel the vibration of the tone that they set. Mm, about there. About there. Um, and then, so all the bees 
congregate uh, congregate out on this huge great big lake unbeknownst to them covered in oil yeah and then they fire a load of rockets yep and they set fire to the oil and all the bees um and it's a uh, the, the last scene is a bit like the last scene in gone with the wind I yeah don't know if you remember that yeah where the, the things all ablaze and the two of them are just hold cuddling each other with this really bad flame effect superimposed behind them now you are after a satisfying ending yeah what we get is her saying did we win and he says i don't know but we gained more time the world might just survive what the hell does that mean that means watch this space yeah the swarm two not happening no 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 they realized that but they're basically they're saying there's the the african killer bee is still languishing mm. somewhere in the world and it's only a matter of time before they get a bit swarmy mm. and, and then they start bothering people to death. There's a children's book, I don't know if you've read it, called The Giant Jam Sandwich. I haven't. I think I'm a bit too late to read that now as well. Possibly. It was written in the 70s. Right. You might have just missed it. No, anyway. I would have been 14, 15. Oh, yeah, but it might have reappeared when your children were young, for instance. Right, okay. Never mind. We'll, anyway. we'll skip over that. No, what's so in, uh, that, in it? In that is about a town that gets attacked by a million wasps. Really? And they are wasps? And they are wasps. So it's different to... But in that, what they did is they baked giant jam sandwich. Yeah. So they made giant bread, giant jam. Mm. All the wasps flew down to get the jam. Yeah. And they put the other bits of bread on top. Ah. And they all died. A wasp jam sandwich. And the, the, the birds flew down and took the bread away and ate it. Right. So they should have used that technique. Yeah. That would have been easier. And that's a kid's book, you that's say? It's a kid's book, yeah. About death. Yeah. People, kids don't like wasps. No, well, and they should, because as we've learnt, yeah, you know, they are givers. But that's the swarm. Yeah. You know what? We did that in under an hour. Really? Yeah. Well, and it's... they took two and a half. Who would have thought that bees would become the first alien force to invade America? But did you enjoyed it more than you thought you would. I did enjoy it more than I thought I would, because only because um, Michael Caine's acting was so odd, and his. The, the sort of stance that he maintained throughout the film hmm. was, and also that, and I love, I love a model exploding. Yeah. You know, a big fan of um, Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds with all that stuff going on, where you see the flame is so much bigger hmm. in proportion to the actual building. And they always slow it down. So when there's yeah. rippling water, you can see it's really slow and yeah. weird. And uh, it's good. Well, I do like that. Mm. But we've reached the point of the pod where I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay. Now. Yeah. yeah. Some of these are taken from Michael Caine's Twitter profile. Really? Yeah. Are you ready? I am. Have you ever been locked in attic? Locked in an attic? Yeah. Well, Michael Caine said uh, there was a story about him being locked in an attic. Right. Which he tweeted, there's a story about me being locked in attic. Oh, right. It's not true. Okay. Um, I, haven't, I, I haven't been locked in one, but I've locked myself in one. Right, um, so you have been locked in an attic, but I it was it was a self induced self induced. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was at school. I was yeah. at primary school. I must have been about ten, mm. and there was this school wooden large wooden school hall um, where people played uh, badminton and did things. And yeah. at one end there was a canteen, there was a kitchen, and above that there was a big door. It was a, a, a single story building, but at one end it had a, a floor, and you opened the doors, and it was like. A loft yeah. to this big building, and we as kids used to break in and go, and we set up a camp there because you could see through the little slats on the wooden veneer exterior of this building, mm. you could see down into the playground. 
Wow. And there was all manner of stuff that people had left there, you know, for ages. It mm. was a real proper dusty um, old loft. But that was our den for a good good two terms. That's amazing. Yeah. And you're the first person who's said they have been locked in an attic. Yeah. But you got we locked used to lock it so no one could get in. Right. But you accidentally locked yourself in. Well, I purposely locked myself in. Right, okay. With a view to unlocking myself right, so when you I wanted stuck. to leave. No, yeah. at no point was I detained against my will. <laughs> against your own will? Yeah. No, self-induced detainment. Right. Well, that. thank you. That's, that's a great answer. Yeah. What are your favourite music? What are my favourite music? Um, what am I listening to? Oh, i tell you what I've started listening to in the car, mm. because it makes a journey so much better when you look through the window. Mm. You play it loud enough, Radio 3. Oh, you get the right bit of classical music mm. and you're just looking at people wandering by and mm. it's like it's all it's, there used to be a slew of films where you'd see a guy in a car and there'd be dramatic music and he'd be looking out yeah and it's sort of you put those sort of elements together but you can create that yourself mm. in your own car with a little bit of radio three not no modern stuff not no. modern weirdness because no, no. that's just upsetting yeah but you know so, some more the really sort of um i'm thinking Maybe some um, harpsichord music, some slow harpsichord music, lilting stuff. Mm. And then you look and you're, you're watching people moving. It's almost like they're moving in slow motion and everything's happening. And there's going to be, you know, it's the end of a film and the titles are about to roll. Mm. It'd be good if my windscreen, I could do that. I could have an effect yeah. where the end credits of film just rolled up my windscreen while I was driving. Distracting though. It would be, yeah, quite dangerous and probably yeah. very expensive to make. You could get a projector in the back seat. That's good. Mm. Yeah, but then you'd see my head and you see other mm. people getting up to leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your mobile cinema. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever had a wonderful day in your garden? I have. Many, many wonderful days, yeah. I mean, we've paved, it's all paved over now. Because oh. it used to be grass and gorgeous and all that, but two dogs mucking about, and, you know, clay soil, not good. So um, we, we had it completely paved, two tiers paved with a big shed at the bottom of the, at the end. And now there's no grass and it's, it's great because lots of outdoor furniture there now. Oh, lovely. And, and because, the, because the, the, the stone slabs that we've got go green every sort of two weeks, um, I have many a fine day with the power washer. So that's very satisfying. Mm. So I've had very, very satisfying days in my garden. Again, you're the only person that's answered that with a proper positive answer. Oh, right. Well, there you go. Yeah. If, like Sir Michael, you were in beautiful Armenia for two hours and 53 minutes, I'll just explain. He tweeted, hello from beautiful Armenia. Right. And then two hours and 53 minutes later, he said, hello, I am now back in London. Right. Why had he gone there? I don't know. What would you do for two hours and 53 minutes in Armenia? I wouldn't watch The Swarm. No. But I could. You could? Yeah, with time to spare. Yeah. yeah. But what would I do in two hours and 55? That's pretty much three hours, isn't it? Mm. Um, uh, a full game of football? Could You You could squeeze that in, couldn't you? Yeah. Um, you could have a full... Uh, no, you couldn't. That's 90. Yeah. Yeah, six, you, could, yeah, you could have a game of football and... Uh, sit and, down after and the sit down after yeah but if I think I was if I was in Armenia I'd do what Michael Caine did and just try and get out there I'd probably spend two hours 55 minutes just trying to get out mm. of Armenia mm. duty free um, I, I like the idea but I don't indulge no same yeah I respect it I won't go yeah, in yeah I acknowledge that it's you know it's trying 
but it's just uh, I mean at, at London airports it's just a money making device for the airport you don't really because you have to walk through that perfume bit which is overpowering mm. and, and you just the last thing you want to do is then just buy some stuff and lather yourself in it mm. um, no it's um, I think we we were in an airport not long ago my wife bought some uh, perfume and it's the whole thing about you can only take 500 millilitres with you now. Yeah. And there's the stress of, oh, my God, we've just spent 68 quid on this and they're going to chuck it in a bin when we get yeah. you know, 200 yards down the road because mm. they're going to say, you can't take that with you. You know, bong, it's gone. Uh, and also all the packaging, I'm not happy with the amount of packaging that goes... Because this, she bought this perfume thing, box, and it was massive. It was like a shoebox. Mm. And was, I said, look, let's just get it down to what it is. Mm. And there was this little bottle with 500 millilitres of perfume in it that was sort of no bigger than your middle finger it mm. was ridiculous and i said i said to the woman i said keep this all the bloody detritus that came with it yeah you have that we'll have this mm. and she was quite happy she said yeah it's not the first time that's happened good yeah so you're not a fan of duty free then no good so we're learning more every day having said that i did once buy a large bottle of uh vodka in mm. duty free uh and I was on a plane, and I uh, and I had the vodka. I pulled the tray down to you know resting, and I said to the woman, "Can I have some uh, tonic water, please?" And she bought a little can of tonic water. So I had this, I, and I just stood them next to each other, huge liter bottle of vodka with one little tiny can of tonic, and you know, and that was going to do me for the journey. Mm. Um, I bet that, it did, didn't it? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I was mm. violently ill. <laughs> If you were on a bus teetering on the edge of a cliff and suddenly had a great idea to save the day, what would it be? Um, it would be uh, right. What you'd have to do—it's all about it's—it's uh, it's physics, it's counter levers, it's doing all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably completely shit myself. Right, uh, which would to add to honest. the weight of the bus. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I'd feel better. I think everyone else in the bus wouldn't. <laughs> But I'd feel a lot more content. And then if I did that and there were other people in the bus, mm. they could see that I was, you know, a bit out of sorts. And they'd they'd put their heads together yeah. and try and sort out the predicament. They said, leave him, he's just shat himself. Let's not have him helping because it stinks. Yeah. <laughs> it's a solution. Yeah. It works if, for me. I tell you, it's a good tip. If you're in a situation where you think, hang on a minute, I don't want to be held responsible for what's going to happen here, just completely shit yourself and then people leave you alone. <laughs> All right, I'll take your word for that yeah, one. Yeah, it works, it works. I'm sure it does. Um, so Michael Caine was known for not being fussy about his film choices. Could you make up a title for a would-be Kane B movie and what would it be about? The, the Kane Scrutiny. Yeah. That's what it would be. Mm-hmm. And it would be a sort of... Um, docudrama mm. about Michael Caine. Oh, nice. And it would be a, a camera following him, scrutinising, if you will, as mm-hmm. the title suggests. Yes. And it would be called The Caine Scrutiny. Um, and it would be about Michael Caine. And in it, we would discover that he first saw his wife in a coffee advert. That's right. On the TV. And he said, wow, that woman's gorgeous. And he phoned up the company that made the coffee advert. He phoned up the, the company that supplied the model. And he tracked her down and he married her and he's still with her today. That's right. It's a beautiful story. Yeah. Lucky it wasn't Gareth Hunt. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Because he yeah. did coffee adverts. He did. Well, if Michael Caine was homosexual, mm. he might well have been him and Gareth Hunt. <laughs> what a pair. Yeah. Hunt Gareth, and Caine. Yeah, Hunt and Caine. You see, already I'm buying their shirts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
And uh, finally, what are your best and indeed worst Michael Caine films? Well, I mean, I've, I've just watched The Swarm. Hmm. Um, I thought that was going to be my worst, but I don't know. Um, I've I haven't seen every film he's done. No, don't uh, you know? So, um, and I've not really. I don't think I've seen any stinkers. Um, uh, what was the film where he he was with the woman who could sing in lots of different voices? Little voice. Little voice. He was quite good in that. So I'll have that as my best one. Yeah. Uh, but my worst one. Um, because he's still acting. Mm. He's still doing it. So I have an idea. He's got a really shit film still in him. Yeah. Um, to be honest, that, that he's going to lumber us with. I think you're right. Mm. Well, th- Roland, thank you so much for coming in. Not at all. It was lovely to talk about The Swarm with you. It was. It's, and it's lovely to reminisce about a film that I watched about four hours ago. Oh, it's beautiful. That's the yeah. passage of time. Yeah, yeah. We'll never get that back, will we? No, no, we never will. Until next time, I will continue to have the best time. And I hope you do the same. I'll try. Goodbye.